Welcome to Regen for a New Future with me, Brooke Spate. It's the podcast that addresses the anxieties and priorities of our working lives in these changing and challenging times by speaking to key partners and business leaders within the SAP ecosystem. On this episode, we're going to focus on leadership in a time of crisis. And who better to help us navigate these choppy waters than executive coach and founder of Jumpstone International, Matt Guyver, who's joined me here in the London office today. Over the coming months, Matt will be coaching the senior leaders at SAP with the aim of helping them better understand and respond effectively to the current business landscape. So, welcome to Regen, Matt. How did this opportunity with SAP come about? Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been an executive coach for about eight years now, and two senior leaders reached out to me during the sort of early onset of covid can you believe that's two years ago now? I so, know, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so yeah, the summer of 2020, they reached out and said, look, we recognise we're in uncharted territory here and we're thinking about trying something different, um, bringing in somebody external to create this sort of psychological safety net for executives at SAP to have a confidential soundboard to share their challenges, struggles, maybe problems or whatever, because they felt internally, maybe it, firstly, it might be too generic, but secondly, are people really going to open up to somebody who's in-house? So the idea was if we have somebody external, that could really help people navigate the, the challenges of COVID. So they said, is this in your wheelhouse? And I said, yeah, sounds great. Uh, let's run a pilot. And so we ran a pilot for five sessions of 90 minutes. And uh, obviously good for me, good for everyone. They said, this is fantastic. And uh, since then, it, it's rolled out to, to various cohorts. So I've now coached over 70 individuals uh, one-to-one. So you had to react quite quickly at the time then, back in 2020. Yeah, I did. But, but the fact that they gave me a lot of freedom, autonomy, we were working it out between us because it was... It had never been done before. So they said, the fact they said, is this in your wheelhouse? And I said, yes, I'm a a leadership pathfinder. It sounds like I can help people navigate this tricky terrain. And and that's a good point because they were so, well, what, what sort of people should we select? And so actually what they did was identify some that were flourishing in COVID, some that were in the middle ground and some that were clearly sort of struggling because they wanted to see, well, who would this help most? But actually the the feedback that came back is that it helped everybody. Mm -hmm. And so future cohorts, it was a selection of people that that they felt could really benefit from having this external soundboard. And I know you've got... um workshops later on this year with SAP and you work with other companies across the world don't you so so it's not just the UK that you're that you're based in no um it's it's been quite a learning curve for me it was really important when I stepped out as a coach that that I had sort of true value and substance to offer but you know I was obviously a qualified coach and had some experience but when I first set up Jumpstone I I started in Austria oh wow (laughs) but I didn't speak a word of German (laughs) and the Austrians don't typically uh, lend themselves to coaching and so it was a really challenging environment for me to get the business going and then uh, we moved on from Austria to, to Texas 
So I lived there for five years, but obviously Americans are a lot more open um, to, to the sort of coaching environment. And that's that's where I really got things going. So it was always my vision, always my intention to be Jumpstone International. But today I truly am. So I have clients as far as Australasia, you know, and all the way back to, to Latin America. So it's an exciting time to be in. It's amazing to see how far Jumpstone International has really grown. And that was almost a natural progression for you that... Um, and you've ended up sort of where you'd originally planned, but uh, in maybe the most un- unconventional way. So I think that's great to hear. So so why now specifically? What are the challenges leaders are facing at the moment? And how do you think that these can be addressed? Oof, well, that's quite a complex yes, question, quite a isn't it? One. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't profess to know all the answers, but I think firstly that we're, we're in a pressured job market due to the COVID shakeup. You know, COVID has really shaken up the traditional working practices. What is it they're calling it at the moment? The Great Resignation. I think they should be oh. calling it the Great Resolution. You know, everybody's <laughs> trying to find out how it works. Yeah. But it was interesting. I was working with a, a, a billionaire actually in San Antonio and with his high rise block. And this was just before COVID kicked in. And I asked him, how are you planning for the digital nomad, the future workspace of people working more autonomously and wanting flexible working spaces? And he said, oh, well, we haven't really. And then a couple of months later, bang, COVID hit. And of course, real estate has taken a real hit in terms of uh, of how you know business is being reshaped by by what COVID has forced upon us. So, yeah, pressured job market. I think you've then got the geopolitical climate. You've got the whole Brexit thing, obviously in Europe. But it, it seems that people are leaning more to right wing politics and social media. Uh, there was that Netflix documentary, wasn't there? Uh, I can't remember. I think it was called The Social Dilemma. Oh yes, um, but, I think but, but there's that. sort of evidence there where it's 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 creating more division rather than collaboration. So that's a concern. The third one, I, I would say, is the Ukraine-Russian war on Europe's doorstep, drawing NATO and the USA into the fold. And it's it's creating monumental tension and affecting global trade and financial markets, as we've seen. And the fourth one you've got is global warming. Uh, and look at the heat wave, the unprecedented yeah. heat wave we've had just this week. So it's forcing a rethink on on business practices and, and the tussle between profits and growth versus sustainability and renewables. And I think, I mean, I suspect you'll come into this, but there's a generational perspective on this in, in how we handle this. Uh, I see my my son, for example, he's 15, and he's frightened to watch David Attenborough documentaries on climate. I mm. loved them growing up. He he just doesn't want to watch them. He's scared by yeah. by the sort of. It's not that you don't want to know. Yeah, what, so, we don't know won't hurt you. In, in uh, and and it's important that businesses, um, rather than stick their head in the sand, sort of face up to how we're going to evolve and and adapt to this changing landscape. So I think it's more crucial than ever, given all of these sort of particular elements that I've shared, that, that, that we balance the business objectives with sound leadership and effective interpersonal skills to tackle today's challenges. Because mm. I know sometimes it can feel like uh, two steps forward, one step back, and this process of, obviously is very slow and long. But like you said, I think businesses really need to push push through and and put into place these practices, I think it will create a better 
better work environment completely. I mean, obviously, you've, we've got this whole digital revolution. It yeah. just seems to get faster and faster. I feel like I'm getting left behind. Yeah, my, f- my dad on Microsoft <laughs> Excel this day, these days is like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, I'm turned 50 this year. So I was just like, I, I feel like I'm forever trying to catch up. But, but in, in terms of the coaching space, my strong feeling and opinion is that we need to embrace and integrate the human dynamic back into the digital revolution. I think it's got left behind a bit. And I think generationally, I can see how things are changing. You know, people, maybe younger people, I look at my son, it's like, it's, it's important that, that they learn and use those social interaction skills rather than relying on, on the phone or the text or the email. It's important that, that we embrace these interpersonal skills. Uh, and that's something that you touch upon in, in your workshops and on your courses. So can you give us an outline of this? I was particularly interested reading up about you about the the nail challenge and also oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and the photo finish challenge. Can you tell me some more? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I love to use sort of um, practical or interactive models or techniques to help illustrate a point. And the nail challenge, I, I can't claim it to be mine, but I, I first discovered it about 20 years ago by another coach. And I thought it was so, so fantastic that I've, I've now used it in, in my workshops. But I can't give away the solution, but the challenge is that on a single flathead three-inch nail, you have to balance 10 nails on top of that single flathead. And when you first present this challenge to the group, it's fascinating to see how people react to that challenge. Well, uh, my reaction would be, I can't do it. Right. So uh, so after... after giving them 10, 15 minutes to work out a solution. And and groups or individuals very rarely ever solve the problem. I then asked the group, right, how many of you just said, well, that's impossible? And a third of the room put their hand up. I said, right, how many of you thought, well, it seems impossible, but I'll give it a go. So another third put their hand up. And finally, I said, who said, well, he wouldn't ask us to do this challenge unless it could be done. So let's let's work it out and another third put there and but it's a beautiful illustration of how the mind works and if we if we set out uh defeating ourselves before we've even given it a chance are you going to find a solution it's unlikely right it's a bit like i play tennis with a I, I play a lot of tennis and i play with a chat who and we, we turned up to play doubles and he said oh i hate this surface i never play well on this surface that's a word. It's barely worth ste- stepping on court then, is it? Uh, you defeat yourself <laughs> before we've played. So mindset is, is a cre- key criteria in how we address challenges in business. A bit of optimism. I could definitely use that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what about the the photo finish challenge? That one's great for teamwork. So what they have to do, they get... So basically two people have a line of rope, a bit like a, a finishing tape in, in a race, and, and the rest of the group have to work out between them how they are going to approach the, the finishing tape like a photo finish and exactly cross the cross the line at exactly the same time. Okay. And, it, and, it's, and uh, last week I was in Barcelona, I was doing this with, with a number of senior executives, and it's fascinating fascinating to see how each group tackles this challenge you know which natural leader might emerge or somebody with you know more ego perhaps and doesn't want to listen to how and so it's just again another great visual interactive um, exercise that I can then apply the theory to afterwards and explain what was going on absolutely because some people don't even 
don't know how they would respond in those kind of situations. So it must be such an eye opener for a lot of the the people taking part in these challenges. So that's a great point, actually. Yeah, people's natural, mm. more, more natural sort of personality shines through when you're given a challenge. They don't they don't have time to think, so they're going to re- just react to a default, aren't they? Mm. So some go quiet. Some go bossy, some go... Uh, one, so one group, this is very typical, actually, they were theorising for, for minutes, you know, and I, I kind of gave them a hint, and I said, it's a bit like the marshmallow challenge. You've got to really have a go. You've got to prototype to see what works mm-hmm. rather than theorising. And this is actually a problem of, of modern-day business where we're given a task and often expected to execute and get it right first time. But actually, if you look at any challenge in our world, it's it's the prototyping that allows us to get there. Mm. I remind people, look at the first aeroplane that was invented. It was a death trap. Yeah. And look where we've come to today. So so life is, is constantly a work in progress. And in order to evolve, you have to prototype. Bit of trial and error. Can't go uh, too much of a Well, this. absolutely. Yeah. But unfortunately, businesses sort of seem to lose that perspective. And, and we're put under too much pressure to deliver the solution first time. But actually, we, you know, that's why Dyson, um, where I worked previously for a little while, but but he's he's got it right. You know, you need a massive investment in research and development departments to prototype and work out what is going to work. Definitely. Um, So I heard you employ something called the Leadership Circle Profile. Could you explain a little bit about what this is and what does it enable you to do? I mean, obviously, being a coach, I've been exposed to an awful lot of psychometric uh, tests and profiles. So, you know, I've come across Belbin and and, um, things like Myers-Briggs and Thunderbird and DISC. But but I, I came across the Leadership Circle about four years ago. And it's an amazing tool because it actually allows you to see the the gap between perception and reality. So first part of the test, you you take a, you answer a whole load of questions online and it spits you out onto a graph between 29 different sort of traits, if you like. But then you go and ask 10 or 12 other people how Mm. they see you. And then what happens is that you get get two results. You get the individual result on the graph, but you then get the collective result of how everybody else sees you. Mm. And then you get to see the gap between perception and reality. Yeah, because I always, whenever I've done these these kind of personality quizzes, and I'm very interested in like personality theories in general, um, I always think the results are often your like desired self, right. like the version of yourself you wish you were or you see you see yourself being. So I, li- I like that it gives you both that that gap and I think that must create so much self-awareness just, just to not only see how you see yourself but how all your colleagues and friends do. So I like that a lot. Yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there because the the Belbins and the, and the Myers-Briggs, they've yeah. got, oh, well, I am an ENTJ or whatever. <laughs> I go, I well, but what are you going to do with it? Yeah, so I, I, you either feel good about the aspects that you like the sound of and the rest you go, okay, well, I'll sort of work out what to do with that later. But with the leadership circle, what I love about it is it gives you t- a sort of tangible evidence of what's working and what might not be working. And it's not my place when I work with clients to say, okay, this is what you need to do. It allows for a professional soundboard about asking the root question, is it working for you? Uh, And if it is, great. But if it isn't, oh, can you see the evidence here? This is where you may need to adopt new behaviors or try different techniques to leverage a better result. And sometimes these kind of conversations can be a little bit awkward, 
but with this like this this um leadership circle i think it's like a professional way to you know be able to give feedback to your team without it sort of coming across well this is a one-on-one tool though okay, okay. um so actually it's helped me hone my my skill there's one trait called courageous authenticity and, it, and it's essentially it translates to the ability to share difficult information without offending and there are times when i have to really sort of highlight what might not be working for an individual but as i say i make observations not judgments and at the end of the day i'm trying to help the individual uh, gain a better result from their behaviours and and, and how they operate. So is that what you hope to achieve with the SAP leadership team? What objectives have you set so far? I know you'll uh, you'll be at the Partner Executive Conference later this year, uh, which is in Istanbul. What can we expect from those sessions? Yeah, so I think as a result of the um, one-on-one interactions that I've had, as I said, I think it's over 70 now uh, within... Well, I started off in the EMEA region and now... Well, it's obviously good for SAP and good for me, but it means I'm I'm now in the global solutions team. And Amazing. hey, another so word of mouth is spreading, and so I've I've been very fortunate to work with um, some very inspirational and talented leaders. But it's like I said, we're all in a work in progress, and each and every one of us can benefit from having a professional soundboard. And so that's. With each of those leaders, I have a, a sort of skeleton framework around the leadership program that I work on, but then I customize to what they're ultimately trying to achieve. So I guess if you were to summarize it, it's to, to, to maybe for them to have a more balanced, competent and confident leadership. It's what I call your signature leadership. It's to have a greater understanding of their modus operandi. And at the end of the day, rather than being stressed, panic and in fear, creating knee-jerk reactions, if somebody's calm, focused and happy, it's going to create more productivity. So I think off the back of that program, that's where it's exciting that I've been invited to take part in the, the Partner Executive Council in Istanbul and um, I'm very excited to share sort of sessions on leadership, on mindset, on creativity um, and and other aspects because what we're recognising is moving forward we need to do business more sensitively. Definitely, which is uh, the theme for this podcast so it marries very well. I also hear that you're coming out with a book very soon could you tell us a little bit about that? Oof, yeah, that's that was some. Uh, I envisaged that about two years ago, and I've gone through my own sort of trials and tribulations and suffering a little bit of imposter syndrome. And why would anybody read my book? And so <laughs> I can relate to you, know, my clients, when they when they have sort of struggles around that area. But um, with the help of um, a publisher in America, where where they give you a guideline uh, how to to construct a book. I finally got there. So 18 months later, my my book, it's called Inner Compass, Navigate to Live Your True North. And I'm, yeah, I have to say I am proud. It's it's a big moment to to see the book. And I'm in that final stages of just looking through the edits, but it should all get uploaded to to Amazon and be available next month. So yeah, very excited. Amazing. Looking forward to, to reading that next month. But thank you so much for uh, for joining me today, Matt. I am looking forward to hearing how the programme goes and good luck. I'll uh, speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Real pleasure to join you today. Thank you. Thanks again to Matt for his time and taking us through his executive leadership coaching. We'll have more insights and stories from our partners and employees across the region in the coming episodes. Don't forget to follow the series on your favourite podcast app 
And if you've enjoyed the show, then please do give us a positive rating and review. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Brooks Bates. Thanks for listening.